0: or wherever it is that you get your podcast from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive through over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It would be a little weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Shell Mound. Yes, it would.
1: Shell Mound is not conducive for... Not for a, location
0: i don't think no i don't think so i mean sure it's fine people and all that but uh no i don't i don't know that's the, that's the way you want to go so uh yeah wherever you are in our great state though if you want strange brew coffee all you've got to do is go to strange they'll deliver it right to your door look at every kind of coffee machine that sits on the front counter of your house you've got a coffee waiting on you at strange college corner and college Corner. Quarter- CollegeCornerStore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you are looking for. They have the biggest and best selection of it in central Mississippi. Two locations in the Jackson area to serve you. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. You can always shop online at CollegeCornerStore.com. Whatever you're looking for, maroon and white, they've got it at College Corner. Restaurant Tyler, Start Bowl's best restaurant. It's number one. No question about it. Ask anyone. And, you know, that's the place that when you get, you know, People who know Starkville, they're always referencing. they oh, man, go to Starkville and make sure you hit Restaurant Tyler because they know. They know. It's the best lunch in town, best meat and two. It's the best dinner in town, great steaks, chops, pastas. And then for brunch, there's nothing better in Starkville than a Restaurant Tyler brunch. Robbie and I both big fans of the Mississippi Biscuit. It's so good. It's so good. So next time you're here or whenever you're here, if you're here all the time, Make it a once-a-week, make it a twice-a-week kind of thing. You don't, won't go wrong eating at restaurant, Tyler. Priority One Bank, 16 locations to serve you throughout Central Mississippi, and serve is the word we like to talk about. You build a relationship with Priority One Bank, and then when you need a loan and you're talking to those people, they're the ones who make that decision, the people you've already made that relationship with. That's an important thing. We talk about buy local, shop local, eat local. It's important to bank local as well. Check out PriorityOneBank.com and download the Priority One Bank app if you are a customer. It's a bank app that allows you to do a lot more than just move money around. All of the things you can do at a Priority One Bank Bank branch, you can do it on the app. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. Robbie, today we're going to do a little bit of a callback. So the first time I was I ever did anything in sports media, the first time I was ever interviewed was on a radio show hosted by Matt Wyatt before head to head even. Head to head did not exist when this uh this interview happened. I had written an article for the illustrious BulldogJunction.com, which we all we all know and love and remember. Shout out to the Did them. you did you
1: get paid for paid. that?
0: I got oh. paid for all my work at Bulldog Junction. It's a unicorn.
1: We I, have a unicorn, ladies and gentlemen, right here. I'm,
0: Brian Haydad. I'm like the only me and Wit Wade, I think, are the only two that got paid. <laughs> so everybody else. Good luck with that. Whit
1: Wade's a big guy. I mean, would you try to take some money out of his pocket? But I mean, like,
0: imposing. Imposing character, no question. So, this was in Kroom's last year. And basically what I wrote was, I went through all of Kroom's recruiting classes. And I looked at the players that he signed. And basically, I was able to determine that he missed on two out of every three signees that 70% of the players he signed made no positive contribution whatsoever to Mississippi State football. I mean, that that's, it feels like a huge number to believe. Trust me, it is a huge number. So I thought we'd do the same today. I thought we would. I'm going to look at the last two classes. I'm not going to go all the way back to 19 because, I mean, that's four years, right? Almost all of those guys have cycled out. And I'm going to look at 20 and 21. I won't look at 22 because those are the freshmen that we have right now. That's Gerangelo Bradley, Lofton. It's too early to tell. Plus, it's, it's been positive, to be totally honest with you. But the 20 and 21 classes should make up the bulk of your starting lineup and your pitching rotation. Do you agree with me on that? That they should, in a in a, in a perfect world, be that case?
1: It, sh- <clears throat> it should, but... I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and preface all this. I don't want to I don't want to diminish anything that you're gonna say, but mm. if you look at most recruiting classes in baseball, you're going to see a ton of misses. Right. Um. So I don't know if we're gonna get an accurate summation
0: from this. I mean, well, I guess what I'm gonna ask you then at the end of this is, do you feel like this is more misses than because obviously you know when you have a baseball class, your top three or four guys get drafted. You know, and that's just and you can't you can't get around that. I'm not gonna even count that as a miss. Yeah, I want to talk about players that aren't even on the roster anymore. Yeah, that's why.
1: Um, well, let, let's talk about it, and we'll we'll, we'll, we'll kind of that. determine. Yeah. I mean, I I kind of I have a good idea about some prior classes to Lamona. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't really I haven't looked back at these classes. Maybe you can change my mind.
0: I, th- I think you, I think we'll see how <clears> how <throat> it goes. All right, so let's start in twenty twenty, the class of twenty twenty. Right, top two off the top, Blaze Jordan and Austin Hendrick. You knew when you signed those guys that they were likely first round or high draft choices, and they were going to be gone. Nothing you can do about those. Hendrick a first rounder. Blaze Jordan goes in the third round. They'd be great to have right now, but you never really counted on having them, so you move on. I'm using, by the way, I'm using the perfect game rankings. So, uh, which, by the way, I'm not a huge fan of because, and I, this is true on twenty four seven too. I look twenty four seven rankings. They put the the transfers in like post dated. So Colton Ledbetter is a 2020 signee as a part of
1: it. Right. They they don't, they include their high school. Right. It's all done by their high
0: school graduating year. So I got to be careful where I look. All right. Mm -hmm. Kellum Clark. Kellum Clark has been a big contributor for Mississippi State. You can't, you can't, that's a good one. That's a good signee.
1: Yeah. And somebody is going to say, well, he's batting this and that. Well, he's been the starting lineup for three years. Three years. He's he's uh probably right now, right there with Hunter Hines as your best power hitter. Yeah. He hit a home run in
0: Omaha. All right. I'm a couple people. He him. was
1: a he was a major part of you advancing to the to the uh, I guess into the winners bracket against Virginia because he broke up that and
0: tie. That was, so yeah. we're not
1: yeah, I mean, twenty six home runs in three years, he's he's hitting.
0: All right. Uh next one is Jackson Fristo. I mean, if we're being totally honest with Fristo, we have to call him a bust. Never really did anything. I mean, had some starts, had some moments, but by and large did not deliver on the hype that that he would have had coming out of high school. He
1: did not. He he didn't deliver on the hype. He was a contributor, but he wasn't what we thought he could
0: be. That said, drafted by the New York Yankees. <clears throat> certainly wish him well in his professional uh, endeavors. Mikey Tepper is the next signee on this list. That's a bust. He's now at Liberty, no longer on the roster. Still playing college baseball, and not on, but not on the Mississippi State roster. I mean, yes. no getting around that.
1: No, Kate, the, he was not well. developed well.
0: Yeah, Cade Smith still here at Mississippi State, but had a great year last year i can't I can't say he's a bust had had a good year for Mississippi state a season ago, but right now not contributing and you know Ill, injury illness not quite sure what it is haven't gotten that that clarification but you know it, it's trending the wrong way for kate Smith was that a fair assessment
1: um i i don't I don't want to make a judgment on his career okay. yet. that's fine i, I want to see i want to see what he does when he comes back
0: all right Dylan Carmouche left-handed pitcher 65 210 he's at 2 lane now correct um I'm pretty sure about it was
1: it was last year i don't i'm i'm pretty sure he still is
0: yeah so I'm not a 100% I'm still, still playing and i mean we that's why i have the uh, the google here but that's a guy that we know is still playing baseball and is not uh yeah he's on the 2 lane roster is not at mississippi state so
1: and i think he would have done a really good job here i, I didn't understand him leaving because uh, I think that, he would, I think he would have helped a lot last year.
0: We have to count him as a miss.
1: Yeah, uh, no, for sure.
0: Shane Lewis, out of my hometown, Ficksburg, Mississippi, Warren Central High School, a third baseman. Uh, I don't, I, I don't ever remember hearing anything about this kid. And no, he left.
1: I don't, I don't think he made the team.
0: In, if he didn't make the team, then yeah, it looks like he went. Say, so well, no, it says he redshirted it at Mississippi State, then went to JUCO, and now he's at Troy. So, a guy. Yeah, I
1: mean, buy- like he didn't, <clears throat> he wasn't going to make the roster. I don't okay. think that first year, so they That's redshirted him. It's as simple know.
0: as that. You signed him in a miss. Another one I don't have any recollection of is Ernie Day, a uh, six foot four, 215 pound right handed pitcher out of Chicago, Illinois, half high school. Uh, a quick search of the world says that he is apparently playing uh, minor league baseball somewhere. No, no, I'm sorry. He's at Campbell. Uh, He's at Campbell uh, right now, so he again.
1: Ernie Dave was a, uh, I want to say, was he not a JUCO guy? I don't
0: know. It says he's at Campbell though.
1: Uh, yeah, he was a JUCO guy. So this, he was in um the another class. He was in last year's class, I think. I think state, right. I think state. That was one of the guys. The adjustments that they made in their class.
0: Okay, well,
1: I think he was a JUCO guy last
0: year. So he did sign with Mississippi State, but it's just we're we're class ahead is what you're saying. Right. Okay. So I mean again, have to count it as a miss because he signed and then didn't didn't make it. Lane Forsythe, we can argue you people can argue all you want. Lane Forsythe has been the starting short starting shortstop for 3 years. That's an absolute hit. You you would take that. He's hitting 280. His fielding since you know the poor start has been really good. You can't say anything there.
1: He's playing above his I mean he was ranked just, just inside the top five hundred.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, an an SEC starter for three years, just inside the top five hundred. I think that's that's a definite hit. Absolutely. And he's gotten and he's developed too. He's gotten better and better. I mean, last year the numbers weren't great, but he was a little better at the plate and his fielding was better. Um, I think he only had like five error, errors all year, so he was lights yeah. out at shortstop. Yeah. This year, he's a much better hitter. And he hasn't been a problem for you at shortstop, so he's one of the top players in this class at this agreed, point.
0: Agreed, agreed, <clears> one <throat> hundred uh, percent. Blaze Barry, a shortstop out of Heritage Academy, uh, to my knowledge, not on the roster currently. <clears throat> he's at EMCC. He's at EMCC, so a guy. Yeah, he
1: right one of those that adjustments after the after he was here in the fall.
0: He's actually at UAB now.
1: That's right. That's right. That's that's my bad. He's pitching for UAB. Uh, he was a two-way guy, and I think what really messed him up is they didn't really know what to do with him when he got here. Covered him a lot in high school when he was just one of those, like, alpha dogs out there at Heritage, Heritage Academy. Won a state championship with them his senior year, and he could pitch and play shortstop, and they didn't really figure out what to do with him, and I think he just kind of got lost in the shuffle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He ended up going to EMCC for a year. Now he's at UAB. And, uh I think flourishing I think he's doing a really good job this year pitching for them
0: on the season he is what am I looking at here yeah as, as a reliever he's been he's been okay uh era of 3.49 um and has been okay no question um next one up is Corbin Grantham that's the Todd Grantham's son I'm I'm, I'm loath to call this a miss I don't really know how much they ever really expected from him
1: Yeah, I don't. You know,
0: I can go with just one of those. Yeah, just leave it off. Uh, Davis Mesh, a uh, shortstop, third baseman, middle infielder, basically. Uh, He's no longer here. I I forget where he plays now, but he is still. He's at uh, ULM. That's correct.
1: He is. He played for played for them last uh, last uh, or two weeks ago. He was he was up here.
0: So another guy still playing college baseball, not at Mississippi State. Uh, Peyton Puckett. A short, Another another middle infielder out of Tupelo, Mississippi. Uh, I mean, it, with all the infield issues Mississippi State had, and that's another kid who's at UAB now. With all the, the infield issues Mississippi State has had, it's crazy seeing all these middle infielders, you know, all these shortstops. The next one's Austin Reed, shortstop uh, out of Buckner, Kentucky. Um, let's see where he is now. He's, I mean, is he still playing <clears> baseball? <throat> do, you, do you have any knowledge on him? I don't remember where he is. Austin Reed is at Alabama Huntsville at this time. So, I mean, he's got, it's not like these guys are transferring to playing at, at big time schools. It's obvious that their talent—they they found schools that fit their talent a little bit better. But that's the problem: is that Mississippi State signed these kids that couldn't play. Well,
1: I'm, let me, let me go ahead and jump in here. Okay, um,
0: you correct me if I'm wrong. The, at
1: point: These are a lot of these guys are Canazero recruits. Oh, no doubt. Um Blaze Jordan, Austin Hendrick, Kellum Clark, which Kellum's good. Jackson Fristo was um was a uh uh a Canazero or a Gary Henderson guy, I believe. I think Mikey Tepper might have been I think Cade Smith. I mean
0: But isn't it on Lamonis to at some point evaluate these guys and say I don't think they can play at this level, even if they're committed Well,
1: that's what they did. That, I mean a couple of these guys didn't make it to school or they didn't make it past the first year
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, you know some also in this class you have junior college guys that aren't on this list uh, I believe that you know because of the way that this is this is made out yeah this is this is kind of the issue in college baseball is you get these players when they're in eighth and ninth grade you have to jump on them and it's all a projection you have to make sure that right. right. You don't, you don't really know what they're going to become. Austin Hendrick and Blaise Jordan, when they were in ninth grade, they stayed that same course. Austin mm-hmm. Hendrick was like the top player in the country, I think, when Zero got him. Yeah. They kind of stayed the course. Jackson Fristo looked really good his sophomore, junior season, and he looked really good his senior year. But you don't really know what they're going to turn out to be. Um, and some of these guys, you don't know until their senior year that they're just not going to cut it. Mm-hmm.
0: It's – I want to be clear, I'm not necessarily blaming Lamonas for recruiting these guys and signing these guys. I'm just trying to point out that we've we've gone through basically the only there's only two guys left, Nathan Williams, who I know is not at Mississippi State now, and then Graham Eintima, who is at Mississippi State and has been a starter for state this year. But in this, in this class that was signed two years ago, you've got how many guys still on the team? This should be yeah no I get it but that's this should be your red shirt sophomores and your juniors that should be the bulk I, of your lineup.
1: I I don't I don't disagree with that but I just I feel like I could go through most of these recruiting classes. I mean, let's go back to eighteen real quick. I, I know you didn't want to do this. Okay, that's fine. But let, let's just go back and kind of see some of the All guys right. that that were in that class: Jeremiah so Jackson,
0: Bryce Bush, yeah, draft,
1: Williams. Those guys got drafted. Yeah. Um, JT Ginn, big hit. Yeah. Big hit from Mississippi State. Even if he missed most of his second year. Yeah. Hayden Jones didn't last. Sam right. Knowlton ended up getting drafted. I can't. I don't remember if he came or not. Uh, Landon Jordan transferred. Reggie Grace right. got drafted and yeah. left. Luke Hancock. That's been a hit. Yeah. Eric Sarantola was a bus. Andrew Walling, but well, that was that was later. A, so that was his exactly. freshman year.
0: Brandon's Brandon Smith.
1: Different. That hit.
0: McLeod hit,
1: uh, hit. Ben Bell didn't hit. Bryce Brock didn't hit. Parker Sunette, hasn't hit. Well, that was his freshman year. Yeah. Hunter Boylock didn't hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad Cummins with was a, a Limonas guy.
0: Yeah. Um, and Case, Case
1: Gardner didn't hit. So that's it. That that is a you have like three guys in that class that hit, and that's yeah. pretty much John Cohen and uh, Andy Canizero.
0: Yeah, the seventeen class is kind of a. Kind of an anomaly, where you have Tanner Allen, Josh Hatcher, uh, Rowdy Jordan, uh, mm-hmm. and then you know you have Foskey, Westberg. But that's still—I mean—you
1: count some big names in there, but the bulk of that class didn't right. make it.
0: Didn't make it. I mean, I, I get that, but go. Let's go a step further and go back to 2020. I said I just listed five guys that were huge contributors in this class. How many guys would you say are huge contributors? Right now,
1: in in twenty twenty,
0: yeah, Kellen Clark, and that's it, right? Lane Forsythe, I'm yeah, sorry. Lane Forsythe, yeah,
1: you get two guys, but the, I mean, twenty seventeen, you had four guys, and none of them were pitchers.
0: Oh, five. So, I mean, it's just I said five. Hatcher, I would say Hatcher, Allen, Jordan, Foskew, and Westberg are all huge contributors. <clears throat> I, I
1: mean, mean Hatcher, Hatcher started, Hatcher. but.
0: Hatcher Hatcher started enough games and had enough moments that that he was. But he falls you know,
1: into your he falls into your category of guys that didn't make it on the roster. They left, so it's, it's kind of a he's I, kind but of. But
0: I would give him. I mean, the guy basically started for two years. I would give him. I would give him credit.
1: Maybe I. I just I feel like he's kind of like he's in the middle. Yeah. He's like middle ground. That's the main hey, go, that I've, I've go to
0: that. 2021.
1: 2021, you're moving into more.
0: Right. Uh, one thing I just want to point out, though, is that I, I like Kellen Clark and I like Lane Forsythe, but there's no stars in this class. No, uh, there's not. There's not one. All right. All right. So 2021, James Wood, second round pick, drafted. Maddox Bruns, first round pick, drafted. Can't do anything with those guys. Jordan McCants, third round pick, drafted. Can't do anything with that. Aaron Downs, I mean, he's been limited in opportunities, but when he's gotten out there, I think he's played okay. But you can't can't really call him a contributor, especially on this year's team is what I would say. Pico Khan, nobody knows, man. Nobody knows what's up with Pico. Like, just nobody knows.
1: I Uh, I wish that – and here's the things that could help Chris Amonis a little bit more maybe is – be a little more open about what, what's going on with some of these guys, and maybe people would understand some of the issues that you're having here. It, I mean, if you have this many guys hurt, which I don't know, maybe it would hurt. Maybe it would hurt their cause a little more by by talking about it, and people start to wonder what's going on. But yeah, if you got five guys that are hurt right now, and you're just you're you, you don't know what you're doing. With some of these other pitchers, then maybe it would be maybe would help your cause if you talked about it a little more. I don't know.
0: Yeah, possibly. Slate Alford, I mean, I'm going to be totally honest with you, Robbie. I don't think Slate Alford will play anytime soon. I think he may have seen his last his last moments at Kentucky. That er air that error in the first inning that was a bad error and it led to two runs. And it just, I mean, he he hasn't been hitting the ball well. I I just don't know. I just don't know with Slate. Just not coming together right now. Yeah. Jack Walker is a guy. We talked about him in a lot last year that we thought he could be a big time pitcher for Mississippi State. Instead, he's gone after one year. Yeah, it didn't click. Did not click for him. Uh, Revy Higgins is a guy. I think I remember you talking about him and how he, he was a, a guy that you liked, but he's gone.
1: He got out of here pretty quick. Yeah. it didn't, didn't, I feel like he could have like earned some playing time, but he just kind of had a, a quick exit.
0: Yeah, uh, Gray Bain, a, a catcher, which obviously Mississippi State would like to have right now, but he's not on the roster any longer.
1: Yeah, um, MSU legacy. I just, I, I don't think that he's better than the guys that they already have.
0: Yeah, he's at Inouamba right now. It looks like. Yeah, um, Cole Cheatham is on the roster, but has I think he's only thrown one inning this year. Another guy that we we think might be injured, but we're not sure. Yeah, I saw him in the
1: bullpen the other day. I want to say, yeah. So maybe he's close. I don't know. Yeah. Uh,
0: Jackson Khan was he in that class? Or was he, he was
1: he he's a he's from JA.
0: Okay, so I I, well, I I searched out some of these guys. I believe he's at Northeast right now with Jackson Khan. And yes, you, I think that's you correct. Wrote, you wrote an article about him, about being the national defensive player of the year as a catcher.
1: I did. Khan's a yeah. pitcher.
0: That was. Uh, uh, did, I, did I get the name wrong then? Oh, Jackson Owen. Okay, we'll get back to him.
1: Yeah, you're thinking about Jackson Owen. But Jackson, he was he was Jackson Owen was 2020, right? No, he's in the
0: 2021 class.
1: No, no, no. Jack, my bad. Jackson Owen is uh, from Startville. Startville High. Yeah. I was thinking about uh, Owen,
0: the Owen. Owen, uh, I, I know who you're talking about Owen M- Lunds. No, um, he was like in the 20 Owen, class, I think.
1: Owen Lavelle.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah. All right,
1: so, yeah. Ca- um, Jackson Owen is a startable High guy. I'm sorry, I can put this. Okay. He's he's at Northeast right now, and he is right now the he was the Gold Glove nationally for catchers.
0: Yeah, wonder how that is. Jackson Kahn is also at North. Well, State. I
1: mean, he's he's in junior college right now, so right. we don't know what he's going to be.
0: Oh, so he is a he's coming to Mississippi State next year, is what you're telling me. Yeah. Okay. He's not here now. Okay. So again, perfect game is throwing me off. Okay. Very good. That's that's good to see. Um, Nate Dom obviously not a part of this actual signing class. Was Tyler Hayes a Tyler Haynes a signee at this time?
1: Yeah, but. Um, you know, but he's gone. Nothing there. Yeah, right.
0: Hunter Hines. I obviously know about him,
1: but uh, uh, give it, give him the credit he deserves here. Oh, if we're, we're going to talk about the bus, we got to talk about Hunter, a Hunter really Hines. Good is outstanding
0: here. signing. He's a star. He is the, a star in this class, no question. The, maybe the lone one, uh, Jeffrey Ince from Jackson Prep. That was a kid that had a lot of height, but it, he didn't last.
1: Yeah, another one that I thought got out of here a little too early.
0: Yeah. Uh Taylor Montiel out of Brentwood Academy. I, I think he is. At, I, I just looked him up. Hold on. No, don't don't do that. So Taylor Montiel is currently at Tulane. So Tulane picked up a lot of guys from Mississippi State recently. Uh, Another lefty they probably could have used. Yeah, Jackson Owen you just talked about. Some kid named Sawyer Robertson. Not going to worry about him. Uh, Bryce Chance got to give credit <clears throat> there. That's a good. That's a good pickup. He's been good for Mississippi State. And then Bradley Wilson. I'm not, that's another is that another guy coming in, or is that a guy I'm not familiar with that name?
1: No, I think he was part of that class. Okay. It just just didn't
0: Let's see come whether, through he is now. He's at East Carolina, it appears. So I mean that's like the first guy. That's not
1: a bad that's not a bad spot.
0: Yeah. Is that is that the same guy? That's not the same guy, is it? Surely not. No, it's not the same guy. I don't know. It's just know. you know, all right.
1: but so uh, I feel like a couple, a couple of ahead. hits here. A couple of hits here. Um, so again,
0: it's just, the, but the, the in, this in is all
1: crapshoot.
0: In two years, though, you've been able to sign four guys who are making a contribution to this year's team.
1: I don't think that these that these classes are going to be as you know critical as they need that people think they're going to be at this point. I mean, there's so there's so much turnover with the transfer portal and junior college and all this stuff. I get that. I just don't think that that's – I don't know if that's the the overriding issue here.
0: Let me ask you this, and I, I'm not going to go through it, but do you think if I went to Arkansas or Vanderbilt's – Vanderbilt might not be a good example, but Arkansas, LSU – uh Florida, if I went through their classes, do you think in the last two years I'd find more than four contributors? Um, Probably. I mean, just to me, look, you follow baseball recruiting a lot more closely than I do. But it feels like to me that number is is way off. And I don't know where the evaluations are missing. I don't know what's happening behind closed doors that makes kids want to leave. I don't know any of that. I'm just saying that when you sign 20-plus kids – you, you, I think you have to expect to get more than two. Con- I'm not even talking about superstars here. I'm just talking about people who are contributing, playing every day, or at least are in the the pitching rotations. Notice one uh, thing I I didn't say in that in those 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 things, I didn't list one starting pitcher, other than Cade Smith.
1: No, I, I do think that they've that they have noticed that they've probably misevaluated some guys. Uh, especially the last couple of classes, because late in the class we started seeing some adjustments. We started seeing some guys decommit, move on, and all that. Mm-hmm. So I do think that that. I mean, if you look at this year's class, it looks like they're they're getting it right. It's just right. it's kind of, I don't want to say too little too late, but because I you know I don't know what's going to happen, but right there probably is something to there being some misevaluations and letting some guys hang on that shouldn't be here. But, I mean, I mean, looking at this class, I mean, Jet Williams is the only guy you, you lost. And you've got Durangelo, mm-hmm. Dakota Jordan, Ross I Highfield, Brother Lofton, mm-hmm. um, Logan Forsize play, Will Gibbs, Evan Sierry, mm-hmm. all these guys, David Marshawn, uh, Brock, uh, Brock Tapper. That's eight guys in this freshman class that have yeah. already been playing. Plus the JUCO guys, you're looking at probably 12 guys that were signed for Mississippi State this year that are contributing in a major way. And I think that tells you that this team is not very experienced for the most part, but also that there is a lot of talent in this class. There's a lot of potential here for Mississippi State down the line, but you just hope that it's not too late at that point. I think – I really like this class. This is the best class they've signed in a long time.
0: Uh, You can't disagree with that.
1: But it's just, you know, you can't throw this many freshmen out there and expect to compete at an extremely high level because you're going to see situations like we're seeing. You know, David Merchand didn't have a great game the other night. Ross Highfield has had some struggles behind the plate because he's a true freshman. Uh, some of the pitchers have gotten hit a little bit. Uh, they've walked some guys. They've had some tough moments. These guys are going to go through their bumps in the road. Ethan Small was, was terrible his freshman year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could look at some other guys in the past and and look at what they did their freshman year. Chris Stratton had like an ERA of like six something. It was rough. That you get better and better, but you can't expect those guys to go out there and be Jake Mangum in their first year.
0: Right. That's that that, that
1: was not normal.
0: Yeah. Very interesting to look at, especially for someone like me who's, you know, like I said, doesn't follow baseball recruiting as closely as some. But it just it just feels like there should be more at least. There should be more contribution, especially from a pitching perspective. I mean those those two classes, you do not have a lot going for you pitching wise in those two classes. I mean, like I so said, the last year's class should be your redshirt freshmen and your sophomores. Those guys should be contributing and there's just not a lot of there's just not a lot there, no question about
1: it. And in my opinion, maybe it's not so much an evaluation thing as a development thing. Mm-hmm. Um, these guys, you know, Mikey Tepper has obvious talent. He's doing some good things at Liberty. He's doing some things that he didn't do here. Uh, Jackson Fristo has obvious talent. Those guys didn't get better. That's That's what's a little more concerning to me than the evaluation standpoint of it, is maybe these guys are just not getting developed how they need to be developed. Or maybe there's something that they're doing that's, not working i don't i don't know i'm not there every day so i i don't want to come out and just uh call that out for what it is but that's a possibility
0: we'll see i mean i just i just like i said it to me it 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 appears glaring to me you're saying that this is kind of par for the course maybe the truth is somewhere in the middle But for me, I just I look at the at two full signing classes with four contributors, and they're all position players, and so that's 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 that to me is why this team is struggling because you for two years you've missed on pitching, and you you have and you you know your top guys haven't made it in. One thing you can say, you know, with JT Ginn, is that you know we thought there was gonna be okay. he, He he went to college, and yeah, he got drafted lower, but he made more money. He made more money. The second time around, that should be a big boost. But state real other than Gerangelo, and he wasn't even drafted in that high round. There hasn't been a guy who's sh- said no to the uh to MLB and come to Mississippi State. And I I'm not saying that's a Mississippi State thing. I'm sure it's the well
1: case I, I disagree with that. I think that th- I think that there are guys that could have done that this year and they did turn down earlier round money to come to Mississippi State. Bradley Lofton turned down earlier round money, Gerangelo turned down earlier round money. Just because they don't get drafted or they get drafted later doesn't mean they weren't offered earlier in the in the uh, draft. A lot of times when you see those guys drafted later, it means that they turned down earlier money, and it's just kind of a you know just a lot of guys just get drafted just to get drafted, and some guys don't get drafted at all, but they did have that opportunity. Uh, we've seen that a lot of times, so I I wouldn't say that. I think Mississippi State got probably more players to school this year that could have been drafted in the first ten rounds than they have in. Forever.
0: Yeah. All right. Just wanted it's just something I wanted to bring up. Whether you agree with me or agree with Robbie, however he wants, but I just I, those are some numbers I wanted to bring up. So we will uh we will move on into the rest of the show and talk a little bit. So let's move on into it. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. Who want to remind you that beef it's what's for dinner? We got much better weather coming in this weekend, warming up a little bit. If you're gonna be out at Duty Noble, if you're just gonna be in the backyard and you're firing up the grill, fire it up and throw some beef on there. Steaks, some burgers, always a great thing. But, hey, whatever you're cooking, beef is always a fantastic ingredient to add. It's good for you, and, of course, it tastes great. $500 million a year. That's a half billion, probably. That's, that's the correct number. That's how much agribusiness is done by our beef producers in this state. Be a part of that number. It helps our state. It helps those guys out. And it's going to make you very happy when you're eating at the dinner table. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked southern soul food. That's just so good. It's so good! I'm I'm craving my chicken chipotle taco right now. I haven't had one in a couple of weeks. I, I want one. And the last time we went there, I decided to go prime rib sandwich, which is delicious. Don't get me wrong. That's not a bad choice. I love the prime rib sandwich. It's awesome. But I didn't get my tacos. And now I'm, 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 I'm jonesing for them. So I'm going to have to go soon enough. Uh, Robbie and I'll make that trip. Don't you worry about that. My 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 problems will be taken care of. When you're in Starkville this weekend or any weekend, you know the, when the weather starts warming up. Two Brothers outside live music. They'll have some crawfish boils this uh this spring. You know it's going to be a good time every time at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Great products and great service. Every business promises it to you. Advantage Business Systems they can deliver it and they have been for forty eight. Years. So when you need technology for your business, call Advantage Business Systems. And then if you need service, you just call them back and you talk to the people you've been talking to that whole time. No overseas call center, no out of state consultant to make an appointment with later in a week or two. Somebody is going to take care of your problem. And a lot of times it's going to be that very same day. That's the difference between being a number and being a name. Call them at 601 362 9192 or visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. The Collegiate Collection at The Rogue, if you haven't checked it out yet, you're missing out. And don't forget, I've mentioned this a few times, they are a proud sponsor of the Bulldog Initiative. So when you shop at The Rogue, you're helping Bulldog athletes and you're just getting yourself some good gear. Alright, polos and pullovers, best name brands, quality products, and they've got the logos that you want. You don't want a banner rim taking up three quarters of your, of your stomach space like you're a billboard. You want a nice, subtle, M over S or state script, that's the way to go. And that's what they got for you at The Rogue. Check them out online at therogue.com or shop at The Rogue in Jackson. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at The Rogue. Head over to Louvre this weekend for an experience like you've never had in Startville before. Startville's first and only wine bar, an incredible list of wines. That's, that, this isn't just, they didn't just guess on these. They brought in a, a great sommelier and they put together a great wine program there also, fantastic cocktails, plenty of, of stuff off the top shelf of the bar, and great food as well, charcuterie, flatbreads. It's, it's just classy. It's, it's, it's classy, Robbie. That's what I like to say. It's classy. We, we classed up Starkville a little bit, you know? Maybe, maybe, maybe one day we can aspire to be a real college town. I don't know. I don't know if that'll ever happen. So many, so many haters out there. But I'm telling you right now, you're not going to hate the time you have at Luva. Check them out at 509 University Drive, Luva Wine Bar. Positional- have, you,
1: have you seen the uh have you seen this uh NIL deal that
0: Yeah, a couple yeah, quick couple of things here. We'll we'll do a little free pub here. I don't I need to get some more information about it. I might have to reach out to Bart and talk to him. But Bart Heisch is putting on a uh a uh golf tournament at the Mossy Oak Golf Club April twenty fifth called for the players classic. Uh that's going to be about uh I think it's gonna be about Bulldog NIL and Bulldog Initiative. So, or basketball it seems like yeah I think it's going to be a basketball emphasis kind of thing I mean that makes sense with Bart Hiish obviously so uh he says you can him DM, DM him on Twitter at B 22 if you need more details but I may reach out to Bart myself and see if we can't get him on the show talk a little basketball as well uh, also they, they, they
1: ahead, need go. this they, I mean they need this for <clears throat> for the basketball team I mean that I think that's what you know, Chris Jans is really working behind the scenes is to is to try to get more um, in NIL, NIL money for this program mm-hmm. because you're going to have to. I mean, you basically got to get Tolu Smith back with NIL money. We saw this with football this past year. Mm-hmm. Mississippi State had it wasn't about going out there and getting a bunch of players in the transfer portal; It was about keeping the roster together, right? And that that's kind of been a huge part of NIL. Is a lot of it is making sure that you retain players. Yeah. Um, and some players might go pro. Some of them might get in the transfer portal. NIL money is going to be important for that. So it looks like a lot of the basketball folks – I know Bart is a huge basketball guy, of course, being a former player. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of other people out there that are, that are trying to do what they can to get more money for the basketball program because just putting all the money in the pot for um, NIL at Mississippi State and elsewhere – doesn't just go to it can't just go to one sport. You got a lot of sports to feed. You got a lot of people that have to be fed that have to compete in this league, and that's why NIL has become so important. So this should get this should be a big hit, I think, with Bulldog fans. You get to play at one of the best golf courses in the country and a cool tournament. It looks like so. I mean, this it seems like a really good deal here. Yeah, uh, from Bart Heich.
0: no doubt. Also, I, I got. Some of my uh, my friends in the End Zone 11 have reached out to me and asked me if I could please promote the first annual Starkville Derby, which I can't wait to see. It's a wiener dog race. Who
1: does I love wiener dog races?
0: I mean, how could you not, right? Uh, and It's going to be for charity. It's going to benefit uh, the Hall County Humane Society, which I have uh, been a, a benefactor of many times. Three of my cats, of my four cats, came from the uh, Humane Society. So, uh, you know, they do a lot of good work down there. Uh, Check them out on Instagram at Starkville Derby. They got a lot more information there. You can see there are the racers. Plus, they are efforting to bring our good friend and the king of the south, uh, Brandon Walker, in as the grand marshal of this event. So that would be a lot of fun as well. So check them out, I said, on their Instagram page, Starkville Derby, uh, to find out more information about the Starkville Derby Dutch Hound, Dotson. Whatever you want to call it, I apparently I've said uh, that name wrong for my entire life. I've always thought it was like Dutch Hound or Dutch Hound or something. It's not. It's not. So
1: it's, it's not Dachshund.
0: I, I don't know. I I'm I, I, at the point. I'm just they're they wiener dogs. Let's just go with that. Oh, I, I just thought it was Dachshund. My buddy Ryan Nelson has a uh, has a wiener dog. Oh, is that right? Yeah, Bailey. She's one of the sweetest animals you ever meet in your life. All weiner dogs. dogs are wants in life is to is to cuddle. That's all that dog wants out of anything: cuddle and eat. So
1: yeah, I've had some friends that have had those dogs before. They're good dogs.
0: They're good dogs. Yeah, and these are uh, these this Instagram page has pl- got plenty of uh of pictures of the dogs as well. So check it out at Starville Derby. All right, let's get into the uh, the wide receivers here. First things first, with with the wide wide receivers is a guy that I think you and I would both expect to be a big contributor is not here this spring. That's Freddie Roberson. That's a guy that I'm kind of penciling in as a starter right off the bat, only one of these outside positions. Mother other starter is going to be Justin Robinson and then Tulu Griffin in the slot with Zavion Thomas there right behind him, beside him, however you want to do that. Roberson's a guy that you know I, I expect to come in and make this... He's not going to make the same kind of impact from a numbers perspective than Makai Polk did, but I think he will be a guy that from day one is a big part of this offense. I thought Robinson last year when he got opportunities was impressive. And then you know what you have with Tulu Griffin and Xavier Thomas. Those guys are elite playmakers in my opinion. Your first four guys there, Robbie, I like them for Mississippi State.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, again, we're talking about an offense here that you're not going to have to have – you know, 10 guys at wide receiver, I don't think. I mean, right. and, and the good news is you still have a lot of holdovers from last year. You have a ton of depth here. And I I don't know where everybody fits in. I mean, we still don't see Freddie Roberson on campus yet. I mean, he's right. he's got to come in May. I mean, that's going to be a big ad for Mississippi State. But the guys that are already here, I mean, there's a lot of talent, a lot of experience, um, and probably not a ton of reps to go around. I'm fascinated to see – how they work some of these bodies in and, you know, eventually we're going to see some, we'll probably see some transfers after the spring, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, you know, they're going to lose some guys after next year too, but it's nice to have this luxury probably just for this year, especially to have the talent that they have. That's a that's a great thing that the Raid did. It brought in a lot of talent at wide receiver. And I think these guys are going to really influence what Mississippi State does on offense and, it's going to be tough to really key in on Mississippi State uh, if you're an opposing defense on what State can do at just about every position at the skill sets.
0: We've talked so much about Tulu Griffin possibly moving into the slot. Is it possible a slot guy could move outside? And and the guy I'm thinking of is Jaden Wally.
1: Mm, Good question. Um, Tulu is definitely in the slot now. Mm -hmm. And uh, Xavion Thomas as well. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Well, they should have been from the from the get go, to be honest.
1: Exactly, with. exactly. Yeah, they. I mean, it, it's it's definitely been refreshing to see guys get in positions where they need to be, um, because it, it it felt like for the last two years, for the last three years, that Mississippi State was running an offense with just a bunch of players with numbers on their jerseys. And you know, you're you're going right here, you're going to run this, and the person behind you is going to run the same thing, instead of just putting players where they need to be and utilizing them how they need to be utilized. So that that's going to be fun to see that uh kind of play into things. Um you know, I, I guess, you know, Rufus and, and Tulu have been in the slot. I think Wally's been on the outside. Um, Jordan Mosley's been on the outside uh, a little bit, if I'm not mistaken. I think they can move them around a little bit. It, it wouldn't shock me to see them playing uh, different positions. I think I think Wally's perfectly capable of playing on the outside.
0: I do too. Um, I think he he, he's a versatile around. guy. Honest. Yeah,
1: yeah, he is. He's a versatile guy. So uh, th- there's there's tons of things you can do with this group.
0: Yeah, I don't think anybody. There's going to be very few teams in the country that have the depth in the slot position that State has with Tulu Griffin, Savion Thomas, and then, oh, it's just the guy who led the team in catches last year, Rufus Harvey, your boy. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's, that's, that's and, a good group, and you, that gives you a lot of versatility. And here's the thing, and I, if I'm Barbe, I'm definitely – you could have a package with all three of those guys. Yeah. You know, you, you put them all on the field at the same time.
1: And like I said, you know, Wally has played some on the outside already this spring. So I, that could be where where he is permanently. I'm not sure, but you can also put a, push him in the slot if you need him in the slot, mm-hmm. and he's done some some good things there as well. Um, I'm also interested in Cree Whitmore because he's been working at- in the slot. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he was working with punt returners a lot um, in, in practice. It would not shock me in the least to see him factor in to what to some things Mississippi State wants to do offensively this year. Even if it's in just certain packages or coming in there to spell some of these guys, I think he's a guy that could play as a freshman.
0: He is a guy that I I, I definitely could see making an impact year one. Who else, who has not made an impact that you could see? I think the guy that people are are pointing to coming out of just out of the first week of spring was Jordan Mosley, who was a transfer who came in last year and didn't, you know, was injured, didn't really make much of 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 an appearance last year. But this year, you know, it looks like in the early returns on him are very favorable.
1: Yeah, he's been running first team this year. That was one of them, that was my guy. You know, preseason or whenever we were doing our you know pre spring stuff, that was a guy that I thought could be the player that we're talking about um, in a few weeks that we weren't talking about early on in the in the spring. So. It, it seems like he's taken a step. It was kind of an adjustment period for him last year. He played a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, just a little inconsistent at practice. Wasn't quite ready, but he's got the skill set that it takes, and I, I think he could be a guy that takes a huge jump this year, along with his um, his transfer counterpart, Justin Robinson, who's clearing away the starter on the outside mm-hmm. uh, at Z. So I think both of those guys could be legitimate Wide receiver options for Mississippi State this year and could be two of your starters as well.
0: A guy that I I really wanted to see make an appearance last year didn't was Marquez Dort just because he provides a speed factor that I I think State is lacking. Is there a chance for him to be in this rotation? You think this year?
1: Possibly. Um, Haven't seen a a ton of him so far in the first two days of practice. Interested to see kind of how he um, gets better as the spring progresses. But um, a guy that, you know, has, has played um, a good bit now. He's in, he's, he's in his second year of college football. He's kind of going through the ringer a little bit. He should be ready to, to move up. But there's so many bodies out there at wide receiver and more about to come in. You have uh, Nakai Poole still has to come in as a, as a true freshman which I'd expect he gets red-shirted. And then you got Freddie Roberson, who everybody believes should be contending for a starting position. That's why he brought him in. So there's just not a ton of spots. That's why I think there there could be some movement after the spring with some of these guys. But Dortch, one of the faster guys on the team, um, he's going to have to step up, though. There's so many names that you're not going to be able to just kind of go through the motions and, and get playing time. You've got to separate yourself from the pack, and he he's got to uh, he's got some more work to do to do that.
0: Like I said, this is a very interesting group for Mississippi State, and you know, with Tulu and Xavion, I expect them to be a much bigger part of the running game than you've ever seen for Mississippi State. I mean, I, even under even under Dan Mullen, you know, you didn't see as I think you're going to see. I think Tulu and Xavion will find a way to carry the ball at least five times a game between the two of them. Um, on, on various things. I think the screen game is going to be very important with those two guys. Tulu has a chance to be an All-SEC guy this year, just combining you know, what he's... I, I think he will be first-team All-SEC when we get to media days in terms of being the all-purpose player or the kick returner or whatever you want to call him. But I'm going to vote him as the all-purpose player because I think, never mind the returns, I think he's just going to have a big year offensively because I really do believe that he's State's best playmaker. And if Barbe has said, like, I want to get the ball to my best playmaker, well, that's him. That's the guy. So I think State's going to try to devise ways to get him the ball eight to ten times per game, and that is a a very welcome change in my opinion.
1: Yeah, anytime that you're all SEC kick returner or punt returner, you're capable of being um, a guy that can make some big plays on the offensive side of the ball too. Um, Anytime you get the ball in your hands, it should be an opportunity for a big play, Um, and that's why he's been so successful In the kick return game, when he finds a seam, you know, he's a tough guy to bring down, tough guy to to corral. And I think the same um, is true about what he could do with the ball in his hands, whether running the football, get him on a jet sweep, move in the backfield, give him the football, or you get him out in the open um, at wide receiver. He should be a guy that is capable of, of breaking a big play. We just haven't seen them kind of force feed him the ball offensively. He's, and, he, and he's gotten so lost out there on the outside. I think that's that has been a huge reason that he has not been able to to reach his full capabilities because he's been on the outside and he just kind of gets lost out there. He's not the biggest guy. He's not going to win um, vertical routes all the right. time, especially jump balls. Right. You're just kind of limiting him there. It's, it's almost like um, you know having a Corvette in your garage and putting a cover on top of it and never using it. Yeah. Um, it's time to to take the top down and let it roll, man. I agree. Let the hair, let the hair down.
0: I agree. I think that uh, Mississippi State's wide receivers this year are going to be a very interesting group. I'm interested. I, I, like right like last year, I was I felt really confident that uh, I forget who I had. I think it was Wally, but or maybe it was Rah uh, Rah. But I thought I was like, okay, there's going to be some guy catch 80 passes in this group, and that didn't happen. But this is not a group that's going to have an 80 catch guy. But I think you're going to have three or four guys between 40 and 60. I think they they are going to do a good job. Now, you might not, You won't, what you won't have is that five, six, seven guy catching 30-plus passes. That's not going to happen. But you will have... I mean, I think somebody could catch 50, 60 passes, and I, I think that's going to be Tulu Griffin. And I think it's going to be a lot of screens, a lot of quick passes, and a lot of getting him into the open field. And then, you know, you'll use Robinson, Rob, Robinson and Roberson, but that sounds like a law firm, uh, Roberson Roberson and Griffin, attorneys at law.
1: Pass- have you have you been exposed to to asbestos that might cause mesothelioma? <laughs> Call Roberson Roberson Robinson Roberson and Griffin.
0: Yes, they they've also they're also taking care of that. Uh, you
1: may be entitled to compensation. That
0: tainted water at Fort Bragg or wherever. Oh God! whatever that was. So we'll Fort Bragg.
1: Uh, yeah, I think what you're going to see with these wide receivers is the yards per catch is going to go way up. We're going to start seeing, you know, 16, 17 yards a catch instead of like nine or 10. The big play capabilities are going to be there for this wide receiver group because you're going to have such a consistent running game. It's going to be difficult for teams to constantly keep tabs on some of these guys. The big players are going to be there. So I... I think that's going to be the biggest change in this offense is the explosive plays should be able to go up for your wide receivers. And while the, the number of catches go down, the passing yardage is not going to be drastically different, I don't think, for Mississippi State this year. I still think it's going to be a team that passes it over 3,000 yards um, and and has a real balanced, a true balanced offense where the running game really opens up some big plays in the passing game and makes you a more dangerous offense uh, all the way around.
0: Next week we will do something we haven't done in three years, Robbie. And yeah, obviously you weren't here three years ago, but we will take a look at the tight ends on next week. Lightning, been a long time, so we'll see how it goes. We bring back the rumblings tomorrow. We'll talk about the uh, we got whatever you want to do, whatever you want to talk about, whatever questions you've got. I got a feeling we're going to get some baseball questions, Robbie. Just call me crazy, but we'll, see how it goes. Yeah. we'll do that on tomorrow's show, and then we'll talk a little more baseball throughout the week, some more football, I'm sure, as uh, we get some practice reports, practice uh, today and Thursday at Mississippi State. Also, we are efforting efforting to have Zach Arnett join us here on the podcast uh, sooner rather than later, and I will reach out to Bart Heich about this tournament and find out a little bit more about that information. So if I can get that, we'll make it happen. Guys, have a great Tuesday, Robbie. Now back with you on Wednesday for Robbie Falk. I'm Brian. Hey, Dad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi.